Father Yahweh, the opportunity to share from your word, truth, knowledge, and wisdom that you've imparted to me, Father God, so that I can share and be a blessing to others, to be a conduit that any that would have an ear to let them hear, but more importantly, to listen, listen, seek guidance, seek understanding, go to your word, Father God, seek your face, seek your truth, seek your knowledge, seek your wisdom, seek clarity, praying always, guidance for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity. So, um, yeah, we're going to get it a little redundant. Just a little. Um, but we're still talking about listening. And you have to know and understand that. Um, and if you don't quite get it, then you pray about it. And you go to the scriptures, you go to the Bible, you go to the word of God. And you'll be shown that what I'm sharing with you is true. Um, and you also have to understand it's, um, it's an error to separate God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And many individuals will try to separate them and waiting for as if they're talking to different individuals and you got to wait for that other one to catch up or find you or uh, it doesn't work that way um hate to tell you but um the truth is that if you go to the bible you go to the word of god you're going to find that the father son and the holy spirit are what they call the triune spirit and this is one of the mysteries of god that are spoken of uh throughout the bible and in particular more so in the new testament and I believe that because what I shared with you is back in the days when the prophets were out in the wilderness and wandering around to get word to people, there wasn't all the traffic and the carts and the horses and you didn't have the, the tumultuous noise from the uh, city center and you didn't have all the hubbub of the market and people yelling out prices and, you know, call, trying to sell things and you... It sounded almost like an auction house, but not. Uh, you didn't have all that interference, that noise. They were out there. It was quiet. The prophet's walking, and he's about 40 miles out. Who knows where? And just walking. They had no aircraft to fly over. They had no helicopters, no jets, no airplanes. Um, they didn't have dune buggies and all that stuff running around. And it was just quiet. And when they walked in the wilderness, it was quiet. And there was, um, I knew there was one I forgot to share with you. This is, um, this was when, um, I don't think I shared it with you. I might have. I might have forgotten. But there was one, I think I forgot to mark it and I forgot to share it with you and I apologize for that. But David 
David actually spent a lot of time alone, especially when he was younger. And he was out in the wilderness alone a lot. He was tending to the sheep, the flocks, and that's what he was in. Jesse had him out in the wilderness. And sometimes he'd be a day or two away from their encampment. And he'd be tending their animals. And he got into it quite a lot out there as a young man. If you read the story of David, David got into it with, with lions uh, that came after the sheep. And he got into it with a bear that came for the sheep. They were hungry. And they came for the sheep. But David was in charge of the flock. And he wasn't going to put up with that. And he did. So David was out quite often on his own. And he was out there and he prayed and he spoke with God quite a lot, actually, when he was out there. And he shared that. And as I say, I do do so apologize. I could have sworn that I had written, written, that I had written that down and marked it, and I did not. And it was actually a good passage. This was one of those that I was kind of maybe reading fast, and um, the Holy Spirit brought me by, and he's going to show it to me again. And it might be at a different time because I'm not going to waste looking for it right now. But when David was out there, he talked to God. Never mind. He just took me right to it. <laughs> Thank you. And that's the way he works. You have to listen. You have to listen and be attentive to the word of God. It comes in the form of scripture. It comes in the form of the voice of the Holy Spirit, which will speak to you. Brothers and sisters, our teaching and guidance comes from Christ Jesus. It comes from the Holy Spirit. And part of what I'm going to share with you tonight was specifically for me. As I share with you, I'm, I'm not going to share that portion with you or let you know exactly which one it is. But as I've shared with you before, one I do share with you, I have, and this is an image I have of, a, of an oval mirror that's right in front of me. So as I turn and look in the other room right now, I'm looking at my support dogs who are both back with me and they, they stay pretty close. And I look over them, but that mirror is right there and... It reminds me that what I share with you is also for me, but specifically meat of what I'm going to share with you here in a few is directed at me and he meant it for me. And I'm not, as I said, I'm not going to tell you what specific portion, but it's all, it's for all of us. God talks with me through the Holy Spirit this way a lot. So, as some, and I've shared with you the difference between an instructor 
and a teacher. There is, a, to me, there is a big difference. It's a profound difference. You have instructors and you have teachers. The difference to me is that a teacher is going to nourish you, to guide you and help you through it, and an instructor is going to talk at you, talk down to you, and just give you directions and read to you from the guidebook or the instruction manual. And many Marine Corps instructors are like that. Um, I would like to think that when I became an instructor, I was not that way. There were certain instances, I'm sure I was, when I first started out. But anyway, here's the important part that I wanted to share with you is Psalm 63. And this is a Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. And David did this actually a lot. And even after he became king, he used to wander. Because much like Christ did, Christ used to walk away from the disciples. I know that doesn't sound really good, but um, Christ needed to have time with our Father. So he would leave them. And sometimes he had to leave because, well... Peter could be pretty antagonistic sometimes. Well, when is soon? How soon is soon? When is soon? Are the soon is soon going to be in a few minutes? Soon going to be in a day? Soon going to be in a week? Soon is going to be in a couple months? When is soon? How soon is soon? Are we there yet? We there yet? We there yet? Well, if you can imagine, as I've shared with you, that Christ came to this plane of existence, he was wholly a man. Do you think for one minute that? Peter's attitude, the way it was that Christ as a man wasn't tempted to just, Peter, shut up. Give me a break. Give it a rest. Leave it be and grow up. But he didn't do that. He might have given him a different kind of a rebuke, but he used to leave. And it wasn't just Peter. You remember that they argued about who was who was the better, who was the better leader, who was the who was the favored, who was it? They were so worried, and here's that thing I've shared with you numerous times, and we'll continue to do it. Concerned more for the validation of others than what really meant the importance to their lives, to their souls, to their teaching. What was most important? the validation of Christ the teacher or the validation of everybody else who thought that they were better. And unfortunately, that's what they got caught up into a lot. Christ had to spend time on his own. He used to go up into the hills. He used to go find some, uh, some uh, solitude in the valleys and he used to go to the garden. And there is a place that is mentioned in the Bible I don't have the specific scripture, but there's a mention to it. And he found a little, how would you describe it? Well, he went in the garden, but he found behind a hedgerow and other separation parts of the garden, he found a little secret place. And he would go there because if people were walking on the path, they wouldn't necessarily see him. And he would spend time there with our Heavenly Father, and he would spend time there in prayer. And when he took the disciples with him, and he went there, and they were supposed to be out keeping watch, but they fell asleep. 
and that is another story. But back to back to David in, in the wilderness and Judah. And while David is out there, while he's wandering, I think, you know what? Actually, I think I did share this with you. I forgot. I'm an old guy. Give me a break. A Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is to see thy power, thy glory. So as I have seen thee in the sanctuary because thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise thee. And he goes on to share in things that he is using both analogy, metaphor, and similitude. And David, because he is a songwriter and a poet, so anyway, I'm not reading that whole thing, so Psalm 63, read it in its entirety. And I did share that with you last time, I, I remember now. But... um. So I'm going to come back and I'm going to share this with you about that. The Bible is filled with analogies. It's filled with metaphors and similitudes. And you have to understand that grammatically there was a purpose for that and um, for teaching purposes it was done, but you have to understand that much of what we find in the Bible is analogy, metaphor, and similitude. So analogy comes from Latin, analogia, and comes from the Greek, analogos. A similarity, a similarity between like features of two things of which a comparison can be based. Okay, so how about liking us as to sheep? And a lot of people don't like that. But I think it's a great analogy. And that analogy is because sheep don't, when they hear the shepherd's voice, it's only for them. And I've shared this with you before. My shepherd, I, I knew some shepherds and they used to share with me when we had an opportunity um, and I was in the same area that they were in and we would share coffee and, and chat before they took off. Um, they never had a confusion in all the years that they traveled together. Not once did they ever have a mix up where they got to wherever they were going and realized that they had another sheep. Never happened. And the very interesting thing is that the sheep were all kept in the same fold, which was open end, uh, had an opening on one side, and they would stand, they would uh, have watch at that opening so that nothing came in, but it was very easy. They didn't have a locked gate. It was uh, basically a corral with no gate on it. And when they got ready to leave, they would get up and the one shepherd would go out and he would call their sheep. 
uh, I think he had a, they, they each had a certain kind of a whistle. It was very distinct. The sheep, if they were gnawing on grass or they were maybe napping and they heard that particular whistle for them, their attention was piqued. And then they would hear their shepherd's voice and they would get up and they would go. And only those sheep that were traveling with him. None of the others would go to him. None of the others were interested in his whistle. And then he would take off and he'd start to move. And only his sheep. Then the next one, and the next one, and the next one. We are to be like the sheep. We recognize and hear our shepherd's voice, our master's voice, our teacher's voice, our Lord, our King. We hear his voice and pay attention to his voice only. But brothers and sisters, I'm telling you right now, there are many that don't. They don't heed anything that was told us by the Holy Spirit, taught us by Christ Jesus and other disciples. They weren't listening. They weren't listening then. They're not listening now. And they still don't listen. So like I've shared with you, when he speaks, do you listen? Are you listening? Doubtful. We have to remember something, brothers and sisters, that we have, and you have to remember this, that we have to have faith and know that at times the detour is our road. Listen to the directions. Listen to the directions. And like I was just sharing with you, there are many that they weren't listening when they first heard and they continue not to listen and they're still not listening and they Christ Jesus explained to us he explained to us in a number of places in the Bible and this has to do in particular and I'm going to pick on these folks again I'm not going to mention them by name because I don't do that but they know who they are and if it convince them and they get their knickers all twisted up, well, good. I don't need them to be, and they want to get confrontational. That's fine, because I'll just walk away from them like I've done before with others. I walk away. I don't get in an argument with them. I don't get confrontational. If the truth hurts you bad enough that you feel like you have to get there, then that means that you're feeling really convicted of something. Because here's the thing, you're making an issue out of something that I didn't even mention your name specifically of. So something tells me that that's really bothering you enough that you're going to make an issue out of it. And if you have to make an issue of it, then perhaps the truth just reached up and slapped you. So when you're not paying attention, when someone is trying to warn you or give you heedance and pay attention to what is going on and you have to pay attention that the detour is indeed our road and the faith will tell you that if you're if you're listening with faith and you're being guided by faith and the holy spirit is guiding you sometimes the detour is our road listen to the directions he's going to give you a left or a right or straight ahead and at times a detour as per uh I looked this up and there wasn't a specific, there's not a definition for it. 
But what has been determined is that a detour is sometimes, sometimes longer, uh, less direct, a way in order for you to get to your destination. And that's because of an incident or, uh, or danger along the road. And do you not think that the Holy Spirit is going to direct you or redirect you to keep you safe, to keep you away from harm and danger, to get you to where you need to be? And it's going to take you the way that you need to go, might not be the way you want to go, but going to be the way you need to go. And I've shared this before with you. You're in such a hot rod and hurry and you you know the way because you've driven that direction. You've gone that route for the past umpteen years. That just means a lot of time. Uh, that's for those of you that are way too young to have ever heard that term. It just means a lot of time. So you've been driving that, that direction for a long time. And for some reason there's a sign up or the Holy Spirit's trying to get you to go a different way. And you ignore that. You don't listen. You don't pay heed and you go the way you want to go anyway. Well, when you get around that bend and you start motoring there because now there's no traffic. And you get down there in the dark. Well, somebody had already knocked the sign off. Knocked it over because they ran into it. And it was a sign that was blocking the road because the road is washed out and the bridge is gone. It's not a long way down, but it's long enough that when you go off the edge, your car is in the bottom of the gully and there's water that's coming in your windows, which are now broken. And now your car is not totally underwater, but it's pretty wet. And now you're wet and your car is going to have to get wreckers to pull you out because you didn't pay attention to any, you weren't paying attention to any of the signs and the Holy Spirit was quite possibly speaking to you and you weren't paying attention because you were all agitated. You were running a little bit late and you wanted to get there and you knew the direction better than anybody else did. And you know which way you want to go better than the Holy Spirit does because you're down here walking it all the time. Uh, not alone. You just think you are. The Holy Spirit's going to redirect our, redirect our path so that we get safely to the other side. And sometimes we just tend to forget that. We tend to forget that. And we just are going to pretty much do it how we want to do it. Well, you can't do that. Or let's put it this way. You shouldn't do that. And this is just like, um, this is one of the things that I was sharing with you about when Jesus had to get away and spend time with God and things that were going on. And Luke shares this situation in 17, verse 20 through 37. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, 
When the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And he said unto the disciples, The days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. And they shall say to you, See here, see there. Go not after them, nor follow them. For as a lightning that lighteth out of one part under heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven, too shall also the Son of Man be in this day. But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, and they were given in marriage until they, that day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Thus saith the word of the Lord. Amen, amen. And I share that with you because Jesus was teaching through that and the disciples were asking questions and the Pharisees were asking questions. And this has to do with the doom and gloomers and the naysayers. Jesus Christ just spoke that word. So shall it be in the days of Noah before the return of the Son of Man. That was in the book of Luke. And if you go to Matthew 24, Christ Jesus is telling us again and he talks about the days of Noah. In the days of Noah, they made fun of him. He was building an ark, a great big boat. Big boat, three stories tall. Took him 120 years to build it. And all that time, do you think that anybody was praying repentance so they could get on the boat and go with him? It doesn't say anything like that. They made fun of him. They belittled him. They ridiculed him. They demeaned him. They degraded him. And they belittled God. They made fun of God. Which I bet you... If he was anything like any of the others, he, he probably got a little edgy, but he didn't respond with anger. He probably prayed a lot harder. So they did that with him for 120 years. But he did what he was told to do. Build that big old boat. Nobody came to respond to the call for repentance. For 120 years, he preached the gospel to them. Remember, gospel just means good news. It has nothing to do with the Old and New Testament. Gospel of God, gospel of Christ. It just means good news. It's a Latin word and it means good news, period. So he was preaching this good news to them that they had an opportunity to give up their drunkenness, their sluggard attitude and repent. And be saved. And they decided not to. Right up until he pulled the rope and got the door shut. God placed his hand on it and sealed the ark. And the rains came down and the floods came up. And then they all wanted into the ark. Too bad, so sad. Too late. You didn't make the gate. Christ teaches us, and we need to listen to the deception and detours that man and mammon will put out there for us. And that's what 
that's what these detours of man and man, man and mammon, they walk hand in hand and they seek to deceive you. Don't be deceived. Oh yeah, we're going to have Jesus Christ himself is going to show up at our meeting over here on Saturday night. And we're going to have a special get-together meeting and it's going to come on at 9 o'clock Saturday p.m. And we're going to, we're just going to worship with him and he's going to come and teach us himself. Oh, wow. Jesus Christ is going to be over there at the Meeting Mountain Memorial Center and we got to, oh, we got to go to that. And then you get over there and it's going to cost you $50 to park your car and it's going to cost you $100 to get in the door per person. Oh, wait, what? Oh, yeah, brother and sister, let me tell you, there are places that do that. Those detours are fake. They're not even real. They're deception. And when we're talking about detours, we're talking about not given by the Holy Word of God or by the Holy Spirit. And are you listening to the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, or are you listening to the deception and the false detours that are set before you? So it takes you in a deviant direction other than the path you should be following. So it's going to get you off your given path. It's going to get you to go a different direction than what you should be going. And that's what I share with you about the detours of man. We have another one that Luke talks about. I had this one marked. I thought I did. I apologize. I did it again. That's okay. And we find that he talks about this. And we have when he said, take heed that ye be not deceived for many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ. And the time draweth near, go ye not therefore after them. But when ye shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. Then he said unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. Great earthquakes in divers places, famines, pestilence, fearful sights, and great signs shall be from heaven. But before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake, and I shall turn to you for a testimony. Now here's the important part. Listen to what the word is telling you. Settle it therefore in your hearts, not to meditate before what ye shall answer. So, oh, no, it wasn't me. You're mistaken. I wasn't doing any of that. I didn't do that. I wasn't there. I didn't go to that meeting. Are you going to deny that? Are you going to be like Peter? This is what 
This is what Christ is telling us about that Luke is writing about. Peter was confronted when they took Christ and they asked him three times. This, this is interesting. I find it interesting. I didn't put anything, uh, I didn't analyze this further, but there's several places actually where that number three comes up. When Christ shows up and he's on the beach and they weren't sure if it was him, and then they realized it was him. And so he asked Peter three times, do you love me? And here, I bring that up because Peter denied Christ three times. He was taken and he was standing outside by the fire. It was a chilly morning and they had, Christ had been taken into custody and in the firelight, somebody recognized Peter and said, hey, you're that guy. You're one of his disciples. You followed him. No, no, no. I have no idea what you're talking about. I just heard what he said uh, once or twice. I, no, I didn't follow him. I have no idea what you're talking about. And remember before that, what did Peter tell Jesus? I will go to you. I will go with you to the ends of the earth. I will go with you unto death. And then Peter, of course, Jesus rebuked him and said, Peter, 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 before the cock crows thrice, you're going to deny me before the face of man. So then they kept after Peter. They kept after Peter. They kept after Peter. And finally, the third time he really got mad, actually cussed him. And then the cock crowed. And what did Peter do? He heard that bird and he ran out of the walls of the city, found a dark, shadowy place and he threw himself to the ground and he wept bitterly because Christ, the anointed of God, coming to die for us, told Peter that he would do that. And of course, he denied that as well. But then... So it happened. Brothers and sisters, listen to what I'm telling you because there these detours that are established by man, they're gonna try to get you to deviate from your path and go see these, these shows and these wonders. They're, they're making a mockery, actually, of Christ Jesus, making a mockery of him and making a show. And they want to charge you money to come in and hear and see things that you can get from the Bible and from the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I have this thing that's going on right now, and I've shared with you before that sometimes the Lord gives things to me that are specific for me, and he's done that with me in this. I'm not going to share with you what that portion is. I just share with you just so you know that it's not just me telling you. I'm sharing with you. And these things are for me. And he actually woke me up because when he was drawing me out to spend time with him, it was specifically for me. But these detours that have been established by man, mammon, to get you off your directed path, be careful.
And if, and I pray that it doesn't happen, but the Lord tells us that it will be like it was. And if you declare yourself to be Christian, and brothers and sisters, it's happening all over the world right now. You don't see it happening. It's not in the news. It's not in the media. Nobody talks about it. So there are so many that because they don't hear about it, they want to deny it. Oh, that's just below. That's just, that's just, uh, oh, what's that word? They love these. Oh, that's just conspiracy theory. Well, are you going to be like all those other scientists and those crypto biologists and all those things because they don't see something that they believe it's not there or it's not real? And just because you don't happen to go to North Korea and you don't happen to travel to China and you don't happen to travel to, to Russia and you don't travel to the Middle East regularly and you don't see that Christians are being shot, imprisoned, beheaded and taken away from their families all because of their declaration of believing that Christ did indeed come to this plane of existence for our sake. And they do believe and have faith in God, our Heavenly Father. And they do believe and desire for the Holy Spirit to guide their steps. And because of those things, they are killed, beheaded, taken, and ripped from their homes and families. And I shared with you already, there's a book. It's called The Heavenly Man. It talks about Brother Yun, who is a Chinese Christian. He was beaten tortured, I mean, beaten badly. And reading in some of these things that he went through, Father God, that I would, I would have the strength to either have them beat me to death and let it come quickly. But these things that he went through, the tortures that he, that were administered on his body and he was taken from his wife and his son, he had, he didn't even see get to see his son born. Didn't even get to see his son born. And then his mother was crippled and, and having to be in the household where they could take be taken care of. But he spent years and years and years and years in prison. And they were not allowed to visit him. They couldn't even see him. He wasn't allowed to write letters to them. They wasn't allowed to write letters to them, nor them to him, but just be, and I mean, this stuff that he went through was very vicious and nasty. This was in China. Brothers and sisters, it still happens there. You don't see it in the media. Nobody talks about it. No, it's not conspiracy theory. It's truth. I've shared numbers with you. I've shared with you those internment camps that they have up north and what uh, they like to call re-education camps. And we have those who are claiming to be socialists here in this country that are talking about re-education camps. Seriously? And if none of you are heeding this warning and heeding what's being told, Further in verse 15, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all of your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. 
what that means is the Holy Spirit is going to give you utterance to speak and you are not to make up something when your mindset to just start blind. Oh, that wasn't me. You know, no, I was going down the other street and they went down that street and I went the other way. And no, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. So are you going to be like Peter and deny it? How many times are you going to deny it before you think they took your word for it? And then they beat you up because they don't believe you. And that's the thing too. That's what they did to Brother Young. They didn't believe anything he told them. Or they did believe him and they just beat him more. Hmm. And ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinsfolks and friends. And some of you shall they cause to be put to death. Now, for the doom and gloomers out there, this is in the book of Luke. And it's been spoken of by Christ Jesus. So let me ask you this about that. Are you going to deny? Are you going to rebuke the word of God that comes from Christ Jesus himself, who both in Matthew 24 and Luke 21 and Luke 18, who speaks specifically about the detours and the deceivers that are coming? You're going to refuse to pay attention to that? So again, I ask the question, when he speaks, are you listening? You have to remember this, brothers and sisters. And we find this in Romans 1, 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Does your faith lead you or does your mind lead you? In Hebrews 11 and 1, we are reminded of faith. Faith is the evidence of things not seen and the substance or evidence of the things hoped for and substance of the things not seen. Sorry, I almost got that wrong. So brothers and sisters, by faith, we know that it's, we don't see it, but we know it's there. And as I've shared with you that empirical evidence that I've seen far too many times and reminds me that God has been with me through my walk in this life and that I'm where I am right now because God desires it to be so. Do I know exactly why? I'm doing his business and I know he loves me. And I know that he breathes in my lungs every single day and that's all that matters to me. That he loves me and I love him. But we have to remember something. We have to remember something. And it's very important that the Holy Spirit guides us in so many things. And one of the important things that we need to keep in mind and we can find this in 1 John 
That's very, very important. Believe, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Uh, John was talking to the disciples then, but it's it holds relevance to today as well. It holds relevance to this day as well. And we just have to know We have to know the importance of holding on to what we are given and told and directed by the Holy Spirit. I know this in 1 Corinthians, this is important. And Actually, I'm going to share something else here that I had highlighted. This is not specifically what I was going to. Um, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Preach the good news. Remember, the word gospel just means good news. Not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness but unto us which are saved it is the power of God what's Paul talking about Paul is talking about God and Christ coming and having been crucified for our sake and that's what he's talking about And I have here in, oops, did I mark the wrong one? I apologize, I do that a bunch, don't I? Yeah, this old guy's getting, getting kind (laughs) of, I did not. And this is uh, this is something that we have to remember. We find this in Second Corinthians. Five five through nine. This is an important word. Now he that had wrought us for the self-same thing is God, who also had given us unto the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. That's all I desire. And this is why what you hear me say all the time. Your validation, 
it doesn't matter to me. So you get your knickers all twisted up and you get squirmy in the chair and you talk about however you want to talk to me. I don't care because your validation is not that important. The most important validation is that of God. That's all. That of God. And when Paul is writing to his young protege, Timothy, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study the word and make sure that all you share is truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And their word will eat at thus a canker. For whom is Hymenius and Phileus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the, that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some? Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Remember iniquity? That's just wickedness and plain hurtful. And that's what those two were doing there. And he's trying to warn Timothy about that. And this is what the naysayers do. And this is what those that are, they're deceivers. And they tried to persuade you, which these two individuals did within the church. So he's giving Timothy a, a heads up. And here's a warning also Paul gives us, and this is truth. Yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. They will declare for you. Now look around you and see if it's not happening already. If you claim to be a Christian, what do they do? They kick you off of football teams. They kick you off of soccer teams. They fire you from your job because you pray with the students on the football team. And that individual actually got his job back. But they fired a teacher, a longtime coach, because he was praying with the kids. He wasn't praying for their team to win. He was just praying for a safe and have fun and everyone be safe. And they fired him. That's all right. He got his job back. He got it back. Took him a little wrangling, but he got his job back. In John 14, remember, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you into myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Whether I go, ye know, and ye, that ye may go. And of course, Thomas he didn't understand and he wanted any question. Jesus reminded him, I am the way, 
the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And if ye had known me, ye should have known my Father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. You know Jesus, you know the Father. Do you know Jesus? Do you listen to him when he speaks? And in 14, 10, 11. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Believe me that I am the Father, and the Father in me, for else, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Verily, barely I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. I'm going to skip down here to uh, verse 17. No, actually, I'm just going to keep reading. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Hear those words? Another comforter? Jesus was a comfort to them. They felt comfortable. And then he was having to leave and be crucified. And all. They, were, they were just beside themselves. But hear what he says. I will pray the Father and he will give you another comforter that he may be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him, but ye know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. These are assurances of God through Christ Jesus who gave us that promise. We have these assurances that are given to us, brothers and sisters. These are the words of God. Do you pay attention to what he's telling you? Are you listening to when he speaks? Or are you just kind of willy-nilly out there? Brothers and sisters, these things that I share with you are important because it's important that we hear and we listen. It's important that we hear and we listen. I know and understand this also that, that as I shared with you a little bit ago that the Bible has uh, analogies, metaphors, similitudes, and sometimes it gets a little confusing for you to understand. Okay, so an analogy comes from the Latin analogia and from the Greek analogos. It's a similarity to put between like features of two things of which a comparison can be based. We're like the sheep. We are. Whether you like it or not, we are. And Christ is the good shepherd. You, have a, you really have a problem with that? You're going to take issue with the fact that we are compared to being his and he will come for us and care for us and protect us. I'm, I'm sorry, I, I have, I don't understand how somebody can take issue with that. And he also taught us in metaphor. The Bible has metaphors in there. 
Christ Jesus taught with analogies. He taught in metaphoric speech. It comes from the Latin metaphora and also the Greek metaphora, a figure of speech that is used as a term or phrase that applies to something which is not literally applicable. Okay, and we can find that in several places, actually, in the book of Isaiah, when he talks about 4031, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and never faint. Are you going to jump out there and fly off the side of a cliff and fly? No. But you're going to be lifted in spirit and lifted in peace because God is with you and you've spent time with him and you waited. Like the Bible tells us to do. We also find in Psalm. We can go to Psalm 91. I'm going to head that direction. Psalm 91. Sorry, I'm over. In, I'm turning, turning, turning. Bear with me, please. Please, 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 please. Look, 94. In Psalm 91, verse 4. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Remember, I've shared that word with you before, buckler. What is that? It's a small round shield. Usually has a strap in it, and you can put your arm through the strap, and you hold on to the handle. And those uh, members of the troops, the, the Romans that went out, the fight, and actually a lot of music, but the Romans were really good at it. But that shield could be swung from side to side. You can actually crouch down and, and duck and guard against arrows, and you can protect yourself from the left side, swinging around the front of you, protect yourself from the right side. You can put it over behind your back in case you have somebody who made their way behind you and trying to come at you. There's all sorts of ways you can do it. That, my friends... Is a metaphor. And again, I share with you in Isaiah 40, 31. A similitude is something that is given as a likeness or an equivalent so it resembles something. Christ used this a whole bunch when he dealt, <laughs> when he taught us about the Pharisees. Remember that one portion where he tells us, of beware the leaven of the Pharisees. What's he talking about? Well, he's talking about their hypocrisy because they're going to tell you a whole bunch of yada, 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 but they're not going to do all that. They're just going to tell you that you need to do it. And remember what he talked when he spoke about the whitewashing? That's a similitude. And their leaven, when you put a little bit of leaven in, it's going to cause the bread to rise and it affects the whole batch of dough. And you don't use much. So hypocrisy, 
You don't need much, and it happens. Brothers and sisters, you need to listen. Heed the word of the Lord. Heed the word of the Holy Spirit. He is guiding and teaching and giving you knowledge and clarifying scripture. Are you listening? He does speak. He is speaking. I pray for you going out and coming in. Be blessed.